Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I have this month's Patreon giveaway coming up later on, so if you're a Patreon subscriber, please definitely stay tuned because uh, I want to make sure that you know if you've won or not. And also, I just wanted to give everybody a heads up that I'll be listing a ton of RGB monitors up for sale next week. I'm not really sure the best way to do it because, uh, you know, I don't want to go through eBay because I don't want to lose all that money. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, I'm not really sure the best way to go about it. But um, all I, the only thing I do know is, you know, serious offers only because a lot of people, I've gotten so many emails from people that say, hey, you know, here you have extra RGB monitors. You want to sell it for a hundred bucks? No. And then they get livid when I say no. So uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you can't please everybody, I guess. But serious offers only. And um, I, I can't deal with shipping at all. Uh, mostly 90% because of my back, but also because I can't afford liability. So if, uh, you know, if, if you want me to bring it to a freight shipping place, I can't carry it down the flight of stairs. And if I carry a couple thousand dollar monitor uh, and drop it, uh, I can't afford to lose all that now. So my buddy James has used U-Ship before, and that was awesome. They walked right into my apartment, picked up the arcade machine, brought it down, wrapped it up, uh, insured it. It was delivered perfectly. Stuff like that, totally cool. Just I can't, I can't bring it anywhere, and I can't take care of it. You guys would have to, and of course, you know, pickup would be the easiest. But uh, I definitely got to be firm about that, just because there's just, you know, absolutely, <laughs> I, I can't blow my back out again. I'm just barely starting to heal now. So, um, and as for all the other stuff, I still have a few consoles left. Um, some are already up on eBay, and some are being finished up. And then whenever they're done, I'll list them. But the bulk of it is already up, so uh, I would check out what I have up there now. I lowered the price on a bunch of stuff because a few of my friends reminded me that I might have accidentally been overcharging for one or two things. They didn't sell the overcharged thing or overpriced things didn't sell, so I didn't accidentally rip anybody off. Uh, but recheck everything again, and uh, if you're interested in any of the consoles coming up from uh, you know from now on, just check out my eBay page every now and then and see what I got listed. Um, and obviously a massive and huge thank you to everybody else who came down and bought a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, the good side of things was I was able to get a lot of stuff in people's hands that really needed them, which is very cool for everybody involved. Uh, and on the other side of things, I know a few of you didn't really need some of the stuff that you bought from me, but you kind of wanted it and wanted to help. Uh, massive, gigantic thank you to all of you guys. If I could give you all one big, huge, drunken bear hug, I absolutely would. So uh, thank you guys for everything, and um, the last of the stuff should be up for sale next week-ish. And uh, just, you know, um, let me know if you're interested, and I'll try to figure out the best way to do it. And I don't really know what's going to happen if, like, 20 people all want the same thing. Should I do, like, a, an 
auction thing I, I don't know but any, any suggestions you guys have please let me know because i just want to do it fairly um i don't want to rip anybody off and no offense but i also don't want to lose a ton of money so uh, i'm all ears as always and let's jump right into the news first up it looks like super mario brothers cereal is coming out which is kind of funny because when i was a little kid i used to eat teenage mutant ninja turtle cereal and I would drink Ecto Cooler out of those big gigantic cans where you'd have to use like the pole punch one on each side. Uh, 80s kids will know what I'm talking about. Everybody else is just probably staring at the screen right now. But uh, it's probably going to taste like shit, but hey, whatever. <laughs> at least it's fun. Next, EC Myers just tore apart a few of the Hyperkin NES controllers and found similar results to what I did a while back in that some play perfectly. And in fact, the Hyperkin NES controller I've been using is my main NES controller now, uh, but others do have issues, just like the first one I found. So if you're interested, read the article, and I hope there's definitely a way we could figure out which one's which, because I, I genuinely like some of the ones that I've been using, and I'm really looking forward to trying the SNES one a lot more. So far, so good, but I need to clock a lot more hours to be able to really see. Next, it looks like there's going to be an X-Files mobile game released in February, that's corresponding with the new uh, season of the show, which, although, of course, this isn't retro gaming news, anybody that's seen the poster in my office behind me when I do any video from the office knows that I'm a huge fan, and hopefully some other of you nerds are as well, uh, and now we could go hopefully enjoy the next season of X-Files and a mobile game. Version 2.1 of Laka is now released as a stable official build for pretty much every device, Raspberry Pi, regular computers, and everything else it supports, which is great because this is currently my favorite software to use with Raspberry Pi arcade stuff. Um, the only thing that I, I really would wish that any of these had are official support for things like thumbnails or video playback, because that was one of the things that uh, that really struck everybody about that arcade machine that I had in my apartment, because I had just built some custom software one, but every time that you go through and select a game, as you're scrolling through, it gives you a video preview of what the game is like. Um, and I think a lot of people really enjoy that, both because it looks cool, but also for people who are kind of scrolling through trying to figure out what game they want to play, or maybe a new game they haven't really tried yet. So um, hopefully somebody would be able to help with this. A few weeks ago, somebody actually posted in the comments that they had had a skin like that for, uh, I think, um, a different... It wasn't Laka. I'm trying to remember. The, Recall Box, I believe. Um, but if anybody has any more info on that, please let me know, because I think it would be a really awesome addition to Raspberry Pi Gaming. There's now a new way to install custom firmware on some PS3s, and it's a little bit complicated. So first, it has to be a PS3 that at one point was released with the original firmware that was hacked, which is not possible with things like the Super Slim. Um, and then it's a kind of a complicated, uh, not for beginners, uh, maybe even not for intermediate process to go through, but it is one more step towards the goal of supposedly next year there's going to be one new hack for all PS3s. But if you're into that stuff, definitely check it out. Um, I think at the moment, though, the safest bet for your average person is to send it to a downgrading service and then install the custom firmware yourself. And speaking of PS3s, Voltar just posted a video on how to replace some of the bad chips if uh, anything gets corrupt on your PS3. 
And while it's a pretty cool tutorial, it's also great solder porn for anybody that's into that stuff. It's just uh, it's a really great way to learn different techniques to go to solder to small points. And it's stuff like that that really helps me tremendously because a lot of the videos I see online are either too basic or too advanced. And I like uh, the Goldilocks zone of uh, tutorials. I like stuff that I can understand that even if it's out of my skill level, it's at least um, a reachable goal. So uh, I hope he keeps... I hope you keep spitting these out, and let's keep subscribing, so maybe we can get him to that 3,000 mark and get him to mod something stupid. Marcus just posted an update to his digital CPS2 board. That's the HDMI kit that's pretty much zero lag for those CPS2 arcade boards. And he said he originally intended to design the new PCB rev uh, revision last month, but he started to look to see if the board could be made to support CPS3 and possibly original CPS boards, which would be pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, huge thanks to him for all the, the crazy and great stuff that he invents and brings out to the community. Um, and I'm definitely uh, going to be checking this out as soon as I could do a review on one. It looks like some Sega Saturn fans have brought back the Saturn Netlink Zone. At least the guestbook and the leaderboards are currently back online, which is pretty killer that people would resurrect something like that and, uh, and keep it going. So, uh, you know, big shout out to my fellow nerds who love this stuff as much as I do and would take the time to do that. That's really cool. Smoke Monster just posted a video on how to patch MSU1 audio games for use on the SD to SNES, or I guess even on emulators or something, but very helpful tutorial for people that were kind of confused and uh, couldn't really find the correct way to do it. So um, thanks to Smoke Monster, and uh, hopefully we'll see more of these from him. It looks like the Retro Freak console is using unlicensed code for one of its emulators. Uh, it looks like it's using the SNES 90X Next 2010 code, which I guess is non-commercial code. Um, and this is something that we've seen in the past before. And, uh, I, I mean, stuff like this really, really rubs me the wrong way. Um, the community, the retro gaming community, or gaming community in general, is usually really great and helpful. Um, and especially with things like a console that allows people to play their games using software emulators, but with original games. And a lot of people are willing to help, so the fact that they would just use unlicensed code kind of sucks. But, um, I guess there's proof that it happened. So if anybody's interested in that or just wants to read something and get angry, check out the link. It looks like Mega Man 11 is going to be released probably this time next year on the Switch, the PS4, the Xbox One, and PC. So as always, I curb my expectations for something like this. I was really thrilled at Mighty Number no. 9. Um, then it was delayed for like a million years, and it wasn't that great when it came out. In fact, I just saw one in a game store, a hard copy of it, for $7. So obviously it's not, uh, not a good seller at all. But hopefully this will be different, and hopefully people will realize how much uh, we as gamers, not just retro gamers, really loved all of the great Mega Man games. Um, and hopefully this one will be another one to remember. Someone emailed in this next tip, and hopefully I'll get it right, because it looks really cool. It looks like Madrigals Simulators is a website that just released um, simulators or detailed emulators for all 59 Game & Watch games that were released. And apparently they're for Windows, uh, for RetroArch or LibRetro, or even for MAME, I think. Um, and it, not only does it is it an emulation of the Game & Watch game, but there's the full skins on there too, so you could really try to get closer of an experience. And that's really neat. And while I never got super into the Game & Watch stuff, Cousin Scott loves these things, and he's got 
a pile of them, and he's always trying to show me the different cooler ones, and I love the ones that are unique and different, there are some just generic ones out there, but it's definitely a whole other type of thing that, um, unless you've actually played on one, it is a unique experience in itself, and stuff like this is definitely going to help keep it alive. It looks like certain games from the Wii and GameCube are being released on the NVIDIA Shield in China, which is kind of interesting because the Switch is essentially an NVIDIA Shield. So that means they're in games like Twilight Princess or the new Super Mario Bros. Wii, which I actually loved, in 1080p. So hopefully that means we're going to all get the same thing coming soon. I just put up a review about Hyperkin's Super Nintendo HDMI clone that they just released, uh, which actually isn't coming out for another week or so. So uh, huge thanks to Chris at Hyperkin for uh, giving the little guy a chance and not just uh, not just sending it to the big guys who are going to get millions of views here. So huge thank you for supporting the little guys. But the bad news is it's not really the greatest console. It's essentially just their basic SNES clone but with an HDMI scaler on it that processes the signal as 480i. So the good side is it's $70, and overall it performs way better than a Super Nintendo through that, uh, that generic SCART to HDMI converter, because those things have 5 plus frames of lag, and sometimes they don't really work at all. Um, whereas this one has about 3 frames of lag and looks pretty much the same. So it's a good solution for people that want to, uh, to want to play original PAL and NTSC carts but don't want to have to region mod or buy multiple consoles, or really for people that are just getting started into this and you know just say, hey, I already have a pile of SNES games, um, what's the best way to play it on my TV, I'm not sure if I'm into this or not. I mean, it seems like a perfect start because your next best option is going to cost a lot of money, and there's always a bunch of ifs or ands that go with it. So uh, there's definitely a place for this. I just, you know, Hyperkin isn't like some billion-dollar corporation, but they are a company, and they have the opportunity to make things that could make a difference that people would really enjoy. So it would be my preference for a company like that to do low and middle, not just like something in between. Um, you know, just to have some cheap, uh, some cheap clone console for a couple of bucks that's maybe just component video only or something or whatever, um, that's totally fine. And then do something that's a little bit better. At the very least, process things in progressive, not as 480i, or try to get something with low lag. If it was a zero lag solution, but still processed it as 480i to 720p, I would totally give it a pass because at that point, yeah, it doesn't look great, but who cares? You could still have a real experience. So hopefully Hyperkin will listen and learn, uh, but the bottom line is they're not selling to us. They're selling it to game stores that, you know, when somebody walks in off the street and says, hey, you know, I love Super Nintendo. How do I play that on my TV? If a game store has to sit down and go, okay, well, follow these steps and invest anywhere from 200 to $2,000, people are going to turn around and walk right out the door. So at the very least, something like this is just a first start. Just here you go. Here's your first step. If you really like it, come back. I'll show you the second step. Just like, I mean, which is fair. It's just like anything else in life. If somebody tells you, like, hey, I really love cars. You know, what can I buy to tinker? Then nobody's going to say, go buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> They're going to say, here's some cool choices of stuff. Start and go from there. So I just, uh, I really hope they take this opportunity for whatever they do next to really just go a step further and really understand that there is a market out for people that would absolutely pay for quality 
and would genuinely understand the difference. Because the one thing I actually did find that kind of surprised me is a lot of my non-nerd friends, they really, I mean, they not only do they not know what 480i is, they do not give a shit. Um, when they sit down and play stuff like this, they notice it immediately, which really surprised me. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've uh, I've had over that said like, hey, how come when I press the button on your TV, Mario jumps right up, but on my TV, it feels like it takes a while. Like, stuff like that, people genuinely notice, and all it just takes is somebody to point out the differences. So I hope you're listening, Hyperkin, and uh, thank you very much to Chris for, for uh, once again, just for, uh, you know, letting a little guy have a chance with this. And before I get to the Patreon giveaway, I wanted to talk about something that Marcus, the same person that did the OSSC and the CPS2 digital mod, um, he had posted on Shmups a, a few weeks ago, but I didn't quite grasp what it was. Like, I kind of had a decent idea, but I don't think I was able to really explain it. So I do, like I always do in situations like that, and incessantly nag all of my friends who are smarter than me. Uh, this time, Steve from HD Retrovision got back first, so I'm just going to read his response, and hopefully this will make uh, make sense to you guys. Um if not, stick with it, and I'll try to quickly summarize in layman's terms at the end. But basically, um, he, Marcus made a post on Shmups regarding the research he's done on the weird incompatibilities NES and SNES have on modern TVs. It's a complicated subject with lots of technical jargon, but to dumb it down for, uh, for me, for Bob, um, basically, video signals need to be presented as a constant rhythm, like a metronome, with as little variation around the beat as possible. Horizontal sync signals control when each line is drawn, and a constant sync signal means each line is equal in length. On the NES and SNES, there's a single line that occurs every two frames, which is slightly shorter than all the other lines. So there's a hiccup in this tight rhythm when that specific line is drawn. The hiccup is very small, just under 200 nanoseconds, and historically with CRTs, this was not enough to throw off any analog circuitry. In modern equipment, the digital circuitry needs to lock onto the sync signal before determining if the video signal is valid and should be processed by the display at all. Depending on how much tolerance the locking mechanism has, the feedback loop for this locking circuit may never acquire a lock or periodically lose lock when it encounters this hiccup. TVs with this compatibility issue on NES and SNES are having trouble with this. So he's been working on a way to intercept the signal um, and then have a fixed up external signal to this. So that way what's displayed to the TV is always that exact same length. So that explains basically why some of the, the SNES through OSSC aren't compatible with TVs when Genesis and PlayStation are. Um, so uh, to, to dumb it down big time, it basically means that the SNES and NES sync is a little weird and Marcus is trying to find a way to replace something in there or add something to it to make it less weird, thereby more compatible. So, as always, a, a massive thanks to Steve from HD Retrovision for jumping in. Um, and I'm really sorry about all that noise in the background, but uh, I, this is what i got to deal with living in New York City. It's 9 o'clock at night, and there's construction going on, and people screaming, and things getting slammed. So, sorry, guys. Okay, now it's time for my favorite time of the month where I get to give back to the people that have been supporting the channel and everything else that I am always so amazingly appreciative to. So here is the Patreon giveaway, and this time it was donated by Jeremy from Forgotten Freshness. Um, I met him a few times at trade shows. It's a good dude. Uh, he makes these. 
Um, and I think he sells them through Forgotten Freshness. I could be wrong about that. But either way, good store, great game store. Check out their uh, their Twitter and their, um, if you live in the area, their store. But this is a backlit Game Boy Advance. So this is one with an actual um, AGS screen inside a regular Game Boy Advance. Uh, brand new screen, and I believe this is a glass screen as well, which um, when I first heard about that, I didn't really know how much of a difference it actually made, but it makes a big difference. So um, it's got a clear case, um, and I didn't want to just ship something uh, you know, basically just uh, console only. So I picked up one of these because it was cheap and I couldn't help myself. Here is one of the Game Boy Advance carrying cases, but I never realized that it came with like a shoulder strap. So here you go. <laughs> uh, so um, obviously a massive thank you to Jeremy. Uh, thank you to, to everybody who's ever donated anything to the Patreon giveaways because it just it's such a tremendous help for me. I get to give something really cool back to you guys. Uh, so let's see who won this, um, and I will be able to ship it off uh, with a shoulder strap so you could be completely fashionable playing your uh, your newly donated Game Boy Advance. Uh, you know, keep it, keep it close to your heart. <laughs> okay, so the winner of the backlit Game Boy Advance... Yaniv. Uh, well, congratulations, Yaniv. I'm going to make sure to look up your account uh, and, and email you about this. Um, hopefully there's not more than one Yaniv. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, congratulations. Um, these things are pretty awesome, and uh, I hope you get to enjoy it. Now on to the Q&As. I actually had a bunch of questions already regarding that Hyperkin Super HD thing, but I reached out to Chris Glizzy to ask a few questions and make sure that I have the correct answers, so I'll just make sure to report back next week with any, of, uh, any answers related to that video. Next, Cameron McCown asked if there's any word on that Dujan Dance 3DO RGB mod. Uh, video's coming, it's going to be a little while, but um, I have the right people on it, let's just put it that way. Um, and Steve Gordon replied and said that he actually ordered a modded 3DO from Dujan Dance and the picture quality is great. Um, it only just suffers from the same RGB alignment issue as the older one, uh, the older otaku board, but the 240p RGB output looks great. Um, I believe the alignment issue is because of the way they used the sync stripper, but I'll just wait till the other video to go into details with that. Um, and hopefully uh, uh, there'll be more 3DO mods available. I know that Dan mentioned that one of the ideas he had didn't work out exactly the way he'd hoped, but you know it might not be the world's greatest console, but we still want the best quality out of it. So uh, I'll keep everybody updated. Next, John PV asked, has there been any updates on people other than Yerky offering ColecoVision RGB mods? Um, and the short answer is no, not that I know of, but there's going to be a little more involved in that. So um, anytime you RGB mod a ColecoVision, you can't just put a board in, you actually have to tweak it to each console. 
Um, you might be able to get it down to specific model revisions, but generally speaking, the right way to do it would be to include a board that has potentiometers instead of resistors on the RGBS lines, and then use an oscilloscope to test each individual one to dial in the correct voltage and levels. Uh, which is a little crazy, because while there is always a wide swing of tolerances on all consoles, both because many of the components they use are 20% tolerance, and even some of the chips themselves have tolerances in them, um, there, there's enough of a swing in different Coleco models that you would actually need a scope to dial it in. So if somebody does ever sell their own do-it-yourself kit, uh, it would be my suggestion that they pretty much take the stance of, like, no returns, do this at your own risk, because if you don't have a scope and you dial it in by hand, just kind of by looking at it, which I did once just to see, just for the hell of it to see, and I did it on the right equipment knowing I wouldn't damage anything. Um, you know, it can be done, but there's a chance you could change the levels where it might actually damage some of your more sensitive equipment that you're outputting to. So I don't think it's going to be something that we see, um, and if it is, it really will be do-at-your-own-risk, you know, expert-only type of thing. But one thing to note is the Analog NT Mini does have a ColecoVision core that I thought was awesome. The only thing I was really disappointed is I thought Kevtris was by now going to have the controller adapters out. Because while I really would actually like to use some of my original Coleco cartridges on it, which I know it's dumb, it's the same thing as the ROM, but while that would be nice, um, playing any game on a controller that wasn't designed with that system very often completely changes the experience. Sometimes for the better, but yeah, so that is definitely a good option if you're looking to do RGB or HDMI Coleco right away. Well, that's pretty much it for this week. Before I go, I just want to remind everybody that I reposted the interview with a video game attorney last week, and that's something that I'm going to continue to do every week that I don't have an interview, both because uh, it gives maybe newcomers more content to listen to that um, you know maybe they joined or subscribed after. And I also want to really showcase some of the interviews I did that I thought were awesome that really deserve their own separate video. So uh, definitely show some love to those guys. Um, it was a great interview anyway. And I got a fun one coming next week. So everybody, or next week, probably tomorrow actually, sorry, for this week's interview. Grab your beers and get ready, because this one's going to be a little bit out there. Um, but, obviously, a massive and huge thank you to Jeremy for donating the GBA. Congrats to Yaniv for winning. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and just a tip for Patreons. You might want to put first and last name, just in case there's two people of the same first name. Um, and I will keep everybody posted on what's going to happen with the RGB monitor sale. Uh, I imagine it's going to go really quick, because uh, stuff like that usually does. Uh, and once again, any suggestions on how I could do that fairly so everybody gets a chance. Uh, I, I will go through eBay if I have to, but the cut that they take is ridiculous. Um, I'd rather just find any other way to sell than eBay for something like that. But anyway, as always, any comments or criticism, please post down below. I love hearing from you guys, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>